In today's show, we're going to be discussing the Bitcoin chart and check it out. Andrew Tate says the first thing on his brain right now is estimating the SEC approval of a Bitcoin ETF. Also breaking news just in, JP Morgan Chase says the SEC will likely approve the Grayscale Spot Bitcoin ETF. Send it and let's go. We'll also be discussing Bitcoin's largest accounts. I'm going to be peering into the top 10 wallets on the Bitcoin rich list. We'll also be discussing Binance CEO CZ forecast DeFi outgrowing CFI over the next bull run. I'll also be sharing Bitcoin continuing to outperform Warren Buffett's portfolio and the gap is set to widen as well as Kathy Wood of ARK Invest is bullish on Bitcoin as well as AI convergence and quoting Max Kaiser, one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. Nothing is more stable. The volatility is caused by the unstable fiat money world collapsing in real time. Understand the difference. He also says that Bitcoin is the currency of the resistance. It's a peaceful revolution and no one will benefit more from Bitcoin than the I'm also going to be sharing with you his multi seven-figure price prediction for the King Crypto. As he says, the Bitcoin price will continue to outperform everything else by a factor of 100x. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this, plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. And welcome everyone just joining us. This is pod episode number 1391. How's your Sunday and how's your weekend thus far? I'll let your boy in that live chat. Now we have lots to cover as we always do. So let's dive right into our market watch. As you can see here, Bitcoin Bitcoin just recaptured 26,000 as support as the entire market is back in the green. And checking out coinmarketcap.com, we're barely holding on to that $1 trillion milestone with about 19 billion in volume in the past 24 hours, with the Bitcoin dominance at 48.4%, with the Ether dominance at 18.9%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past 24 hours, Stellar Lumens leading the pack up almost 5%, trading just under 12 cents, followed by SafePal up over 3%, trading just under. 58 cents, followed by OKB, up roughly 3%, trading at $42.25. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past week. As you can see here, we have most the altcoins back in the red, which is a great sign. And some of the biggest losers include RLB, down 7.4%, along with Gala, down 9%. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, we're currently rated a 40, which is in fear. Yesterday was a 39, last week a 38, and last month a 54, which is neutral. So there you have it. Welcome everyone in the live chat. How is this weekend going thus far? Are you enjoying this recent pump? How many of you took advantage of the dip? Let me know. Now let's discuss today's Bitcoin technical analysis and check out the charts of what's popping with the King Crypto, shall we? Bitcoin stayed below 26,000 into September 3rd's weekly close as analysis brushed off overly bearish trader sentiment. However, right before hitting the record button, we finally just recaptured 26,000 as a support. Data from Cointelegraph and TradingView showed Bitcoin Bitcoin avoiding volatility over the weekend, operating in a tight $200 range. An absence of direction provided a solid sense of deja vu for market participants with similar behavior seen towards the August monthly close. And with all traces of the last week's two volatility events involving crypto asset manager Grayscale and the U.S. regulators erasing from the charts, traders weighed the impact of various potential weekly close levels. Quoting crypto analyst Scoo, in terms of market structure, yet to see a candle body close below the higher low in June or 25000 
25,900. He was referencing the higher low below 25,000 and 25,9 as the key line in the sand to reclaim this week. So keep your eyes out on that level. Quoting him again, this is important because if one week closes below the price trades, this area is resistance early into next week. That would imply a move lower towards the previous one week resistance of 24,300. And looking further ahead, a bearish scenario could put Bitcoin price sub 20,000 levels back in play. I feel that's not probable, but we have to keep all possibilities open on the table. Now let's discuss the Baradise threat remaining. Summarizing last week's events, we had Keith Allen, co-founder of Material Indicators, uh, cautioning over categorical uh, pronouncements on the bullish and bearish on how Bitcoin really is. Uh, quoting Alan here, on the first day of September's monthly candle volatility, it continues as traders who seem to have forgotten the trend is your friend are clinging on to the hopium and fighting over the BS narratives that fit their bias. The reality, nothing changed because neither a breakdown nor a breakout has been technically confirmed or invalidated. And repeating an existing theory, he continued that 24,750 was the support zone to watch with Bitcoin paradise at risk entering should it fail. Now, an accompanying chart, which you can see here, showed Bitcoin's order book on Binance would buy liquidity increasing immediately below the spot price at the 24,750 zone of interest. So there you have it. Now, I I thought this was kind of cool. Shout out to Top G, Andrew Tate. He shared this tweet a little earlier, and it says, my brain, this is what's on his mind, number one, estimating the SEC approval for Bitcoin ETF. So even the Top G knows what's good. He has this on his mind above the matrix attack, the court, the properties being seized, the jet and yacht to maintain, 117 people staff, as well as quarterly appraisals. I think this speaks volumes. And also there's breaking news just in, JP Morgan Chase, uh, the largest bank in the United States says the SEC is likely to approve grayscale spot Bitcoin ETF. This is a good sign considering uh, just uh, the other day, as I covered on the show, we had Jake uh, Clayton, the former chairman of the SEC, virtually say the same thing, that a spot Bitcoin ETF in the United States is inevitable. So send it and let's freaking go. Now let's discuss our next story of the day, and that's the Bitcoin rich list, shall we? And how many of you would love to be in this Bitcoin rich list? Start hodling, start stacking them stats. Uh, recently, Chatter of the Crypto World zeroed in the identity on the third largest Bitcoin wallet, which they believe is coming from none other than Robinhood, and a sentiment echoed on Arkham's dashboard. And as curiosity mounted about this wallet, wild and baseless rumors engaged around the fifth largest Bitcoin wallet, linking it to, I don't know if I could pronounce this name, Yevgeny. And contrary to this fabrication or tale, tall tale. This particular wallet is overseen by the U.S. government, law enforcement officials. The following investigation offers a glimpse into the understanding of the top 10 Bitcoin wallets as of September uh, 2023. So at the pinnacle of the famed Bitcoin rich list spotlighting the top 100 wallets by Bitcoin count, Binance holds the crown with the lead wallet. Not surprising to me as it's the largest crypto exchange in the world. So as of September 1st of this year, the wallet label 34XP4, overseen by Binance, boasts a staggering 248,597 BTC, valued at 
6.4 billion based on the current Bitcoin exchange rate and created on October uh, 18, 2018. It's the most recent transaction wasn't until uh, January 7th of this year. And given its nature as a coal wallet in contrast to a frequently used exchange hot wallet, it experiences very limited activity. On the first day of September, the second largest Bitcoin wallet held 178,000 BTC worth four and a half billion. The wallet known as BC1QG is owned and operated by the crypto exchange Bitfinex. It was created February 2nd of 2020 and a most recent Bitcoin transaction occurred March 30th of this year. Now, the third largest wallet was recently identified as Robinhood, uh, as Cold Wallet, and presently the specific wallet, BC1QL, holds 118,300 BTC, worth slightly over $3 billion. And the fourth largest Bitcoin wallet is also controlled by Binance. The address 39884 holds 115,000 plus Bitcoin, worth almost $3 billion. The fifth wallet is owned and operated by the U.S. government, as indicated in the Arkham dashboard. This wallet labeled BC1QA is associated with fabricated stories about the deceased Russian oligarch. Oh, I guess that's Yevgeny. The funds originate from the 2016 Bitfinex hack and were consolidated into the address when the U.S. law enforcement officials seized the stash. The government's stash of 94,643 BTC, currently valued at $2.4 billion. Now, the sixth largest Bitcoin address, 37XUV, lacks labeling on Arcam's dashboard. However, an annotation from 2020 is available on the blockchain Explorer. And on January 19th of 2020, a user named Wolf755 claimed that the sixth largest Bitcoin wallet belonged to Hobby Global, another major exchange. The wallet was established on July 4th, 2021, and no further funds have been sent since. This particular wallet holds over 94,500 Bitcoin, worth over $2.4 billion as of September this year. The seventh largest Bitcoin address is 1FEEX, is famous and labeled as the Mt. Gox hacker on Arcam. The eighth wallet, largest Bitcoin wallet of September 1st, is BC1QA, controlled and owned by the U.S. government. The funds in this wallet originate from the Silk Road hack, and law enforcement intends to sell the coins this year. Now, the BC1QA address holds approximately 69,370 BTC, worth $1.78 billion. Now, for the ninth largest wallet known as 3LYJF. It's owned by Binance. Oh my God. So that's three wallets in the top 10 all owned by Binance. No wonder the SEC is going after them. They want their stash. The 68,200 Bitcoin worth 1.75 billion backs the synthetic Bitcoin issued by the Binance smart chain known as BTCB. And on uh, Arcam, it's labeled as the BTCB Reserve, created November 18th of last year. Now, with its last transaction also occurring on that same day. Now, lastly, the 10th largest Bitcoin address, BC1QD, appears to be unknown and holds 59,300 BTC worth $1.5 billion. Now, on OXT.me, the on-chain researcher Ergo annotates whether the wallet is BFX cold storage. This means that the two of the top 10 largest Bitcoin wallets are unidentified or unflagged. So there you have it. I think that was very interesting, you know, to point out. Uh, Binance owns the three largest Bitcoin wallets in the world. Two are currently anonymous. We know the third largest wallet is coming from Robinhood. And we also know in order to be offering a spot Bitcoin ETF, once the SEC starts approving these apps, they're going to need to be holding on to the underlying asset. That's why we also have the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, who recently won the lawsuit versus the SEC. They currently hold over 600,000 Bitcoin, but I guess it's broken up 
into multiple wallets. Otherwise, they would be listed on the top 10. But anyways, fam, who do you think will likely continue to dominate this Bitcoin accumulation as the whales continue accumulating? I think obviously it's going to be CZ. And maybe one day CZ will be the richest man in the world, surpassing Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and the rest of them. But what are your thoughts? Let me know in the comments right down below. Now let's discuss DeFi versus CeFi, which is decentralized finance versus uh, centralized finance, which is virtually the exchanges. This is actually an interesting article. Uh, so let's uh, break this down. And shout out to everyone just joining us. So yeah, good stuff. Uh, and this is uh, a prediction actually coming from the Binance CEO CZ, predicting that centralized finance has the potential to surpass centralized finance in the next bull run during a September 1st live spaces titled CZ AMA. Uh, uh, Xiao, uh, Zhao shared his thoughts on the future of DeFi, quoting him here, I think the more decentralized the industry becomes, the better, he declared, adding that it may uh, not be long before it takes over CeFi trading volumes, quoting him here, DeFi is the future. The volume is somewhere between 5 to 10% of CeFi volumes, which is not small, right? So the next bull run may very well make DeFi bigger than CeFi. What are your guys' thoughts? Uh, do let me know. What do you trust more, DeFi or CeFi? On June 9th, Cointelegraph reported the following legal action by the U.S. SEC against centralized exchanges Coinbase and Binance. The medium trading volume of the top three decentralized exchanges surged by 444% in under 48 hours. And at this time, the total 24-hour trading volume on DEXs, which are decentralized exchanges, is uh, $722 million plus. CZ further shared his perspective on the recent dismissal of the lawsuit against the decentralized protocol Uniswap, which was another great victory for crypto and another loss for the SEC. Quoting him here, the Uniswap thing was extremely positive, extremely reasonable, logical, and clear. That is very good, he declared. Preach. And on August 30th, a U.S. federal court dismissed a class action lawsuit against Uniswap and its CEO, Foundation, and venture capital backers, which was brought by plaintiffs who claimed they lost money due to scam tokens on the decentralized crypto exchange. It's not their fault these individuals purchased scam tokens. I mean, you got to take liability for your actions at some point, fam. The judge rejected the case because neither side could identify the scammers and emphasized that regulatory uncertainty leads to reduced investor protection, quoting them here. They now sue the Uniswap defendants, hoping that this court might overlook the fact that the current state of crypto regulation leaves them without recourse. You can thank Mr. No Clarity Gary for that. Now, during the session, an ex-user recalled the judge's decision that developers cannot be liable for the misuse of a DeFi platform, which the user believes is positive news for DeFi builders. CZ agreed that more industry protection is a positive development, quitting him here. Developers writing code, the code is free speech. So the development is really good. That's right. It's protected under the First Amendment. Now, recent data indicates that venture capitalists are reallocating funds from C5 projects to boost their investments into DeFi projects. And according to a March 1st report from CoinGecko, digital asset investment firms invested $2.7 billion into DeFi projects last year, 2022, which is a 190% increase from 2021, while investments in C5 projects dropped by 73% to $4.3 billion during the same year. And again, that's due to the unlawful regulation of the SEC. Now, this potential points to DeFi as the new high growth area for the crypto industry. The report stated, adding that the decrease in funding towards CeFi might stem from the sector reaching a saturation point. So there you have it. I'd love to know. Let me know in the comments chat. What do you trust more at this current stage of the crypto game? Do you have more faith and trust in DeFi or CeFi? Which do you prefer to use to make a trade or accumulate some BTC? Let me know your honest thoughts in the comments.
right down below. And at the end of the show, we'll be reading everyone's comments out loud. Now let's discuss the latest with Warren Buffett and his portfolio versus uh, BTC. A very interesting, uh, interesting article was just published. Check it out. Warren Buffett, the renowned investor and chairman of Berkshire Hathaway, celebrated his 93rd birthday a few days ago, August 30th. And throughout his lengthy career, he also adhered steadfastly to value investing strategy that bears some resemblance to the buy and hold approach often associated with cryptocurrencies. However, Buffett's focus is on assets with strong earnings potentials and investing in companies and sectors where he and his team possess a deep understanding of the associated risks, competition, and advantages. Also like to point out the obvious. Now, while he does not have direct exposure to Bitcoin, he absolutely has indirect exposure as he is uh, buying up Bitcoin-related mining company stocks and has been doing so for a very long time. Now, in February of 20, uh, 2012, in their shareholder letter, Berkshire Hathaway expressed concerns about the devaluation of paper currency and discuss the limitations of gold as a store value, it argued that gold lacks practical utility. Take that, Peter Schiff. That's a great point. With demand for industrial and jewelry purposes falling short of production, and its price is largely driven by a fear-based sentiment, which leads to only temporary price increases. And in contrast, investments in productive companies generate substantial dividends and returns. Now, Berkshire Hathaway also noted that regardless of whether the future currency is based on gold, seashells, or paper, people will always be willing to exchange a portion of their income for goods and services. Now, regrettably for Buffett, Bitcoin's price surged by 683% in the 12 months following his critical comments on the viability of non-productive commodities as a store of value. Moreover, on the four-year horizon, Bitcoin's gains amounted to a staggering 9,000 plus percent. So we obviously missed the boat. To compare the performance of Berkshire Hathaway stock holdings to Bitcoin, considering Buffett's focus on earnings and yield, which is fundamentally different from the characteristics of commodities like gold or Bitcoin. This analysis calculated Berkshire's stock performance using a factor of three to stimulate a leverage, uh, leverage position, as outlined here in this chart. If an individual had invested $1,000 into the Bitcoin spot and initiated a leverage long position in Berkshire Hathaway shares in early 2019, the investor would have observed a return of $7,000 in Bitcoin compared with $5,600 in Buffett's holding company. And similarly, for an investment starting in 2017, which is the year I got started, it would have resulted in uh, $3,798 in BTC as opposed to $1,998 using the leverage long strategy in Berkshire shares. Now, it's important to note a potential loophole in Buffett's investment thesis. Berkshire Hathaway is currently maintaining a record high $147 billion in cash equivalents and short-term investments, which represents 18.5% of the company's total market cap. This raises concerns about whether it's waiting for better entry points into selected stocks or if it deems the five and a quarter percent returns on fixed income investment to be satisfactory. Now, personally, I much rather have the 100% plus yearly returns that Bitcoin has been providing since the inception of the King Crypto. Now, fast forwarding a little further, Bitcoin may not be perfect as a store of value and its volatility has been a subject of concern. And additionally, it's essential to acknowledge that Bitcoin has yet to face the global economic recession, making it premature to pass definitive judgment. However, the consistent outperformance of Bitcoin's price compared to Berkshire Hathaway shares suggests investors are increasingly viewing it as a viable alternative of a store of value. And in light of this, Berkshire Hathaway's substantial cash position serves as a potential cautionary note for those 
skeptical about BTC. And with Bitcoin's total market cap currently standing just above 500 billion, which is a half a trillion, it signals significant and untapped potential for it to play a larger role into the financial landscape. So there you have it. We all know he represents old money. The guy is, what do we say, 94 years old, for Christ's sake. He has all the fiat capital in the world. So of course, he is going to look down upon Bitcoin because he doesn't want Bitcoin to take over his monopoly of fiat capital. But at the same time, as I mentioned earlier, it's a fact. He has been investing into Bitcoin-related stocks for quite some time. will probably continue to do so. So he is bullish on Bitcoin one way or the other, any way you slice it. And with that being shared, fam, again, welcome to everyone just joining us in the live chat. Now let's discuss the latest with Kathy Wood and her predictions regarding Bitcoin and AI technology. And then we'll discuss the latest and greatest from Max Kaiser, the high priest of Bitcoin, and his seven-figure price prediction. As he says, Bitcoin will continue to outpace all other asset classes by a factor of 100x or more. Now, shout out to Kathy Wood. Much love and respect. The CEO of ARK Invest expressed her optimistic view on the intersection of Bitcoin as well as artificial intelligence. In the post, Wood hinted at a transformative potential and the dynamic uh, synergy between AI and Bitcoin, emphasizing the possibilities and possible implications the tech holds for uh, diverse industries and the overall economic landscape. Quoting her here, the convergence between Bitcoin and AI could transform the way that companies organize, causing a collapse in cost and an explosion in productivity. I was blown away by the possibilities these brilliant entrepreneurs are creating. Look for this podcast on Thursday. So again, check it out. Backing Wood's Optimistic Outlook is a research document published by ARK Invest entitled Investing in Artificial Intelligence, uh, Where Will Equity Values uh, Surface, suggesting that both Wood and ARK Invest are assessing the significance of AI within their investment strategies. Throughout the years, Wood had allocated investments to various AI-related stocks, demonstrating her strong belief belief in the rise in tech. Wood's well-known enthusiasm for Bitcoin is evident through ARK's endeavors concerning the Bitcoin ETF. And furthermore, ARK is no stranger to the digital asset sector investments with substantial holdings in Coinbase as well as Robinhood. The document also highlights ARK's invest strategies that have reaped rewards from investments in AI tech stocks. The ARK Disruptive Innovation ETF dedicated to AI and other pioneering tech outperformed the NASDAQ 100 index, achieving a significant year profit of 41.2%. And Wood's post, along with ARX's research, illustrates the growing influence of AI in the realm of investments. The fusion of Bitcoin and AI can potentially trigger a transformation in corporate operations, potentially reshaping productivity and cost dynamics. And as investors explore fresh avenues for growth, Wood's nod to Bitcoin and AI could see more investments flowing into the two techs in the future. So there you have it. And I think it is a given. They say AI is the fastest growing tech in the world. It went from like zero users with chat GBT to something like 100 million users in a matter of 60 days. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the fastest growing tech we have ever witnessed. We also know Bitcoin is, you know, the most superior form of money to ever exist. It's incorruptible, it's unconfiscatable, and it serves as a tremendous, uh, you know, what's the word here, um, as a, a store of value, uh, basically a hedge against inflation. That's what I was looking for. And I think it will continue to do so as the de-dollarization of USD continues, as we have the BRICS movements in many nations now around the world looking to move away from the dollar. It's only going to make Bitcoin that much more bullish. And they say AI could now start using Bitcoin and accumulating Bitcoin because 
it has the knowledge, the technology to do so. So it goes to show you, what if AI starts taking over the Bitcoin markets and starts hodling and stacking sats? Wouldn't that be interesting? The future of AI is scary and interesting at the same time, in my humble opinion. But now let's discuss the latest of what's going on with Max Kaiser, his most recent tweets and predictions regarding the King Crypto and massive shout out to the high priest of BTC and everyone just joining the show as we will be reading our Q&A and I'll be addressing everyone's comments out loud here in just a little bit. So Max shared this morning, one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. That's a fact. It don't matter if Bitcoin is $1,000 or a million dollars, one Bitcoin will always be one Bitcoin. You can take that to the bank. Nothing is more stable. The volatility is caused by the unstable fiat money world collapsing in real time. Understand the difference. He also says when your friends and loved ones still refuse to invest in Bitcoin, it's almost like Bitcoin is the modern day ark. We're talking about Noah's ark from the Bible. And uh, Max also says Bitcoin doesn't use banks. Transactions are peer to peer. No banks or intermediaries are involved and there's no way any government can censor or stop a transaction. As I've told John Perry Barr, Barlow and Matthew Mellon, they could bypass the PayPal visa and bank blockade and send legal defense money directly to uh, Julian Assange as they did. Bitcoin is a currency of resistance. It's a peaceful revolution and no one will benefit more from Bitcoin than the poor. Very powerful words. Now, also, I shared a tweet this morning sharing the following. God is real. All praise to the most high. Thank you for giving us Bitcoin. And then I quoted Max. Bitcoin is God hacking humanity, which is probably one of my favorite Bitcoin quotes of all time. Max also shared back on August 11th, a few weeks ago, the following. Bitcoin has already and will continue to outperform everything else so spectacularly by 100x or more that anyone holding fiat, stocks, bonds, gold, all the ish coins, property, etc., will literally be impoverished. So he's literally saying expect the Bitcoin price to go up by another factor of 100x or more. Can someone run the math? What's $26,000, which is today's Bitcoin price, times 100? Holla at your boy. Let me know. Now, also quoting him here from a recent interview with Swan, where he predicts just 1% will cause the price of Bitcoin to skyrocket. And he's referring to the, the big... Uh, Asset managers just investing 1% of their total assets under management, quoting Max here. With Bitcoin, it's kind of the end of price discovery because everything will be priced. And Bitcoin, eventually, everything goes to zero against Bitcoin. And so for someone like myself who has been following this for 40 years, the finance markets, technology, Bitcoin is the holy grail. It's the end all. I would like uh, to say my compatriot and all of this is Michael Saylor. Shout out to Michael. When you hear Michael Saylor talk, he talks about the aesthetics of Bitcoin, the beauty of Bitcoin, and he speaks about it in a way I think carries the torch from the Max and Stacy from 2011. He started buying it, I guess, when it was 10 or 12,000 or so back in 2020 in that era. So we were there from 2011 to 2020. And I think he's kind of carried the torch from 2020 in a lot of ways, introducing Bitcoin to massive pools of capital. Um, I'm surprised that more companies haven't followed his lead, giving the upbreak in inflation that we have had exactly as he predicted, the melting ice cube, as he called it at that time. And exactly that's what happened. Well, I guess we can say now we're in the era where BlackRock and these other major institutions are now looking at Bitcoin. So his work on the institutional level, I guess, is bearing fruit now three years later. Facts. I see it in the Middle East. They're starting to recognize Bitcoin. So that's a huge pool of capital. I think all of that oil money will find its way into Bitcoin and be a huge 
catalyst for higher prices. I agree with Nax there. Obviously, the Saudis and the oil money is massive. We're talking trillions and trillions. It's a natural way for the oil industry to diversify their portfolio because Bitcoin is essentially energy and the energy eventually gets priced in Bitcoin. And there is a marriage between these two in a pretty big way. So I think that's kind of the answer. I've always been fascinated by price discovery in the markets and the architecture of how markets work under the hood. And Bitcoin is such a pristine, perfect money. And I think it's something that humans have been searching for since forever. And now we're seeing it change society on really a fundamental level with the introduction of Bitcoin. A lot of people are freaking out because of it because it destroys the status quo. Preach. And a lot of people have been waiting for it to come along and had the faith that humanity can be saved. They see Bitcoin in those terms. So you have that split going on, which is very exciting. So it just continues on and on. How can you not be interested in Bitcoin? I think the people who were into it earlier and walked away just never got it from the beginning. He's referring to the, what's it called? The Craig Wrights, the Roger Veers, et cetera, forking Bitcoin. Once it's categorized as an asset class, we have nothing to do except position ourselves in this asset class. And guess what? It's already considered an asset class. So either we're going to be a small position or a big position, but we cannot ignore it and we cannot not have a position. Now, very bold words he shares here. So even 1% of that multi-hundred trillion dollar funds available moves the needle on Bitcoin and it moves it up considerably. So if we get into the 5 to 10% range, then you start to really see it raise ahead to the seven-figure type predictions that people have been making, including myself, because Bitcoin is an asset class. And on the flip side, we have had what we have seen in the gold market, which is the ability to control price discovery and manipulate the prices, which is real through the derivatives market. That's right. Derivatives are a financial weapon of mass destruction. So the price of gold has been lagging inflation for 20 years because the governments around the world don't like gold making their fiat money look bad. Facts. So they make it easy for the huge funds such as JP Morgan Chase to manipulate the price of gold and to scalp it to continuously skim profits off of gold, which is what they do almost every day. You can watch it and see it. It's pretty clear. And they are very good at keeping the price of gold and silver down. There's something like for every ounce of silver, there's probably 50 ounces worth of derivatives floating in various exchanges around the world that are used to keep the price of silver down because governments don't want gold to race ahead to draw capital out of their fiat money scam and into gold. Now with Bitcoin, we have the ability to pull our private keys, which is not really available with gold. So technically, people can take delivery of gold on these exchanges, but there has never been an organized attempt to do so. We tried to do it a few years ago with JP Morgan crash buy gold and silver because after the 2008 financial crisis, when JP Morgan ended up buying Bear Stearns effectively for nothing, they inherited this huge multi-million dollar short silver position that Bear Stearns was managing at the behest of the presumably the government. The government likes to stay involved. And so I did some calculations and it became clear that if this short position was not covered, the price of silver would go to 60 or $70 an ounce and it would bankrupt JP Morgan. So we started this crash JP Morgan buy silver campaign and we got the price of silver up from $15 to $50. We got it up to the old Hunt Brothers $50 level. And then the Fed, of course, came in and they changed the laws overnight to make it uh, possible for these banks to have and carry much greater short positions on silver. So they printed up a lot of paper silver derivatives and they stopped the run on their banks and the price went back down to 15 bucks or so. So we have seen that it is possible to force capitulation in the silver market. But at the end of the day, because the ability to pull private keys is not like it is with Bitcoin, I don't think it'll ever succeed. Whereas with Bitcoin, you can pull your private keys. So there you have it. Very powerful words uh, coming from Max talking about 
how the regulators and the large asset managers continue to manipulate the precious metals market, but how that cannot happen with Bitcoin because we have the power to pull our private keys. I also got to give credit and respect where it's due. As I covered this story back in 2021, remember Bitcoin hit an all-time high. I think it was in November of 2021, hitting 69,000, which is the current high. Check this out. As I shared on X, I got receipts. January 21st, 2021, Max Kaiser predicted a $65,000 Bitcoin short-term target in play. Here's his tweet dated right here, January 21st, 2021. $65,000 short-term target in play. Today's double spend FUD provided a rare discount to buy SATs cheap. And as I point out here, I covered this story in a Crypto News Alerts episode back on January 22nd, the day after he made the prediction with the headline, Max Kaiser says, $65,000 Bitcoin short-term target in play, even after Bitcoin just tumbled to $28,000 and literally everyone was writing off the king crypto, but Max was still bullish on his stance. So you got to give the man a chance because I believe his predictions will eventually come true. He is the first one to cover Bitcoin internationally via the Kaiser report back when it was was like less than $10. And he continues his strong stance against the bankers, hence why he is the high priest uh, with Najib Bokele over in El Salvador. So I got a lot of respect for Max and Stacy. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. HODL.